witnessing to somebody one time and they said you're one of those Jesus only people I said no I'm not Jesus only I'm Jesus everything You use Jesus as a crutch. No, he's not my crutch. He's my wheelchair. I can't do nothing without Jesus. I couldn't live without Jesus. I couldn't breathe without Jesus. I couldn't even... We're supposed to be having church service tonight. about what God's doing in this house. Sunday, Hilda was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Israel was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. Katie received the Holy Ghost on Sunday. Oh yeah, God's doing some great big things. We're excited about it tonight. We're so excited to have all our guests in the house. Would you help me one more time? <laughs> Woo! You came to the right place at the right time tonight. We're so excited that you're here. What an honor to have Pastor and First Lady Parker and some of the saints from Calvary Apostolic. Would you help me give them a great big hand clap of welcome? Listen, I got a word for this house, but before I give it, I want Pastor Parker to come and just greet this congregation. I want you to just tell us for a few moments some of the incredible things that God's been doing there in Bradenton and Sarasota. Put your hands together one more time. Help me appreciate Pastor and First Lady Parker. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I know who he is. I'm glad I'm not confused. I'm glad I have a relationship with him. It's not just that I know him, I have a relationship with him. You know why? Because I spend time talking to him and letting him talk to me. He said take about five minutes, it take five days. But I'll give you the cliff notes. When we came, thank God for the Rock Church. Thank God for Bishop. 
I'll never forget the night, the first night we walked in here. He called us up to pray over us. And just to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have a clue what, how to make it all work. I just knew I had a burden to reach a lost souls. I just knew that God had put a love deep down in my heart for people that were lost. And our bishop laid hands on me and my family and he began to pray. And he bent over and whispered in my ear, I believe in you. You'll never know what that meant to this old country boy that was trying his best to do something for God. Thank you, Bishop, for believing in me. Wasn't long, he became my pastor. And in that prayer, he said, God, you can go back and listen to it because I do every now and then. I got a screen recorded on my phone. He said, God, we don't have time for this to start normal and for it to take, take years to grow. He said, but it's got to be supernatural. We're living in the end time. There's a lot of people out there going to hell, and you're the only thing that stands between them and hell. If you were a lost soul in your city, and you had to depend on you reaching you, what would your chances be to be saved? Too long the apostolic church has been comfortable and complacent while the world is dying and going to hell. We were called to make disciples. You're called into the ministry to serve this world. Oh Lord Jesus, help me. In the last I don't know, a few months, our children's church, probably over a year, has outgrown our facility that, y'all been there, y'all know how tight it's been. Every service we've ever had and y'all came, it's people sitting in a foyer, sitting outside, trying to stand up in a corner. Our Sunday school was outside, and I don't know if y'all know this, but we're in Florida and it's hot. I begin to tell God, my Sunday school teachers are coming to me. My daughter over our Sunday school said, Daddy, you got to do something. It's hot. Bishop, I'll never forget going and sitting on the altar in that little sanctuary. About right there. I just kind of started laughing. And I said, God, you got a problem. You ever told God he had a problem? I said, your building is too small. I didn't get an answer right then, but we just kept praying. And I told the church, I said, I told God about his problem. I told him his building, his facility was too small for what was going on here. In the last two weeks, we have been handed the 500 seat sanctuary. This Sunday morning, I thought it was somewhat comical. There was 30 of us sitting in a 500-seat sanctuary. But you know what, Brother Collins, I preached like it was a full house about the love of a God. Hey, you know what, it's just room to grow. It's not funny, it's not backwards, it's just room to grow.
need to quit taking God's problems and making them your problem. It wasn't my problem. I was doing my job. I was doing my part. And that's good. And we're glad to be. And all of our children are in our old sanctuary. And it's a children's church. We didn't lose that building. We gained more. You, you don't understand. I can't afford what I got. I can't afford what God's given me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Man, I thought that was awesome. Bishop, I, I'll just be honest for a minute. My head got pretty big standing on that nice podium. Yeah, yeah. I have preached on a, on a, we built it. We just didn't glue it down right. I've been walking across the stage ever service at Squeaks. And it bugs me. And I've threatened to tear it out after service so many times. I told the men, y'all get ready. Hey, God gave me a concrete platform that'll never squeak. But that ain't, that, that's not the end of the story. You see, God put us in a position with a man that very, very wealthy. God said, I'll give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you, I'll give you a vineyard you didn't plant. You, you need to take God at his word. Quit living beneath the promises of God. Bishop, I was so happy. And he called me on the phone. He said, hey, I just bought another building. Actually, he come into my office, him and his son. He said, hey, we're looking at a building at 3201 North Tamiami Trail. And uh, I, I want you to go look at it. What you want me to go? I, I got a full-time job right here in Bradenton. What do you want me to go look at a building in Sarasota for? He said, your model works. He said, your bus ministry works. He said, I've never seen anything like it. He said, I want churches with buses from here all the way down the Gulf, uh, uh, the, the coast of the Gulf of Mexico. I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm telling myself, son, you ain't no, you, you just two and a half years into this thing and you ain't got a clue about a daughter work. You ain't got a clue how to run. What you running, what are you thinking? And his son looked at me, he said, you think you, you think you'd want another one? I said, well, he said, I, I plan on having some daughter works in the future. And this millionaire looks at me, he said, I'm going to buy every one of them. That's what he told me. Last Friday, last Friday, what is this? This is Tuesday, two Fridays ago. This man paid $1.7 million for a building on Tamiami Trail, Highway 41. Sister Williams, I got nervous. I'll be honest when he began, I know I'm going over five minutes, but I'm trying, Bishop. When, when he began to talk to me, I, my first thought is, there ain't no way. I'm working daylight dark and, and all through the night and getting a little bit of there ain't no way. And I went to sleep. 
And I woke up the next morning in my right mind. And God began to speak to me. Son, I'm preparing a way for you. I'm giving you a building that you're not having to buy. I'm putting something in your hands. Well, he called me. He said, I'm up here at this building. Will you meet with me? I said, I'll be there directly. So I got there and he's walking around and he looked at me. He said, I'll give you the key. He ain't even signed the pay. He ain't even closed on it yet. He said, I'll give, this is three days before it closed. He said, I'll give you the keys to it. My wife was with me. She had had a dream probably a year and a half ago of a man handing me a bunch of keys. She got pictures of the day just two Fridays ago when he handed me the keys. He said, I don't know what you're going to do with it. He said, but all I want you to do is use it for the kingdom of God. That ain't all. That ain't all. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to jumpstart your project. I don't even know what the project is yet. But he said, I'm going to jumpstart it. He said, Sunday, when you get out of church, there'll be a $20,000 check laying on the desk for you to jumpstart this ministry. of the man of God. Me and you need to get behind your man of God and whatever his vision is, you need to say, Pastor, you just point me in the direction and I'll go. But you know why it's happening? Let me tell you a secret. It's because we're walking into jail cells. We're walking into homeless camps. We're walking into drug homes. We're walking into trap houses. Ain't you scared? No, I'm not scared. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. You know where our growth is coming from? It's coming from the broken. It's coming from the seeds that's being planted behind bars. This Sunday, we had a lady come that her brother is in, in, in a Manatee County Jail and we got men and women going in there every Saturday teaching Bible study, teaching, Bible, teaching abundant life. That's what we're teaching in there. 
She called on, called me on the phone. My phone number's on every card ever given out. Don't you get a lot of calls? Yeah, but I like it. I just, that's just me. My number on everything, on every billboard. I don't care. I'm just that kind of guy. I will take the call. She said, I, I'm going through some trouble. I'm in a bad place. I didn't know what was going on. I said, I said, well, I said, if you'll come Saturday morning, me and my wife, me and my wife will sit down with you and we'll see what we can. Well, I was running late because I was at the Sarasota campus delivering a tractor to do some landscaping, but we got to get it looking right. So my wife sat down with her and began to talk to her, tell her about the good things of God. And she ain't never been to an apostolic church. She ain't never heard this one God message. It's Jesus name baptism. Sunday morning, Bishop, she came to Sunday school. And I preached my guts. When I got through, I went to my office and bent over my chair in pain because I preached my guts. It was so bad that I looked at my daddy. I said, can you cover me tonight? But you know what? She came to the altar. Tears running down. Never been to a church. Ain't never been into the house of God. Tears running down her face. And she began to repent of her sin. It wasn't long. She began to have quivering lips. And we began to pray for her. And I said, you're done repenting. But there's another step. you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And she did. Do you know where she found out about Calvary? It was my brother that was incarcerated in a jail cell. You know what he did? He called her bishop. He said, you gotta go meet my pastor. You gotta go to church where my pastor preaches. He come up to me the last time I was in there and teaching, he said, you don't remember me. He said, but I showed up on your campus. He said, I was out of my mind. Brother John began to tell me. He was twister flexing it and doing all the drug dancing. But he looked at Brother John, he said, tears in his eyes. He said, y'all look so happy. We have what the world wants. You have what the world wants. Quit looking at the world and thinking they don't want what I have. Have you not seen the joy that was in this place tonight? It's a hundred degrees in here and y'all dancing like y'all crazy. It's that joy of salvation. It's being in love with God Almighty. They're coming. They're coming. They want what you have. But you got to be willing to tell them. I know y'all got Bible study teachers and Sister Ramirez came up and did a, a session for us and helped us. And I, I know you. But you got to bring disciples. You were not saved just to come in here and do your jig. You were not saved just to show up and when Bishop sings so wonderfully. This brother got more soul than anybody. That's not why you were saved. See, God is a God of multiplying. And he wants you to find the next you and then y'all go find the next you. And then, and it won't be long. This place will be, hey, it's a 500 seat sanctuary where the God placed me. But you know what, Bishop? In my mind, I'm already drawing the plans to take out the back wall and extend the building. I 
satisfied. God, there's coming a day that this building's going to be too small. Your building's going to be. He called. I'm done. I'm done. But I got to tell you this. On our campus, on our campus, there is three sanctuaries in one building. There is a gym that has Sunday school classrooms, and it's just massive. And then there's a foyer that is supposed to be the foyer like this to the main sanctuary that we're in. But when he started this church share thing, he started breaking things up to be able to bring more revenue to pay for what he built. Well, I already have the youth ed building, which was a house that we turned back into a house that I'm living in. He makes me pay $2,000 a month, but you know where he makes me pay it? To my church. He said, I'm gonna give you a house, boy. He said, but you're gonna pay 2,000 a month, but you're gonna put it in a savings account for Calvary Apostolic. He called me last night, we was at Saratoga working. See, this man has a, had a work ethic in this when he was young. When I got there two and a half years ago, he was the one sticks and mowing the yard and making sure the flowers are right. He's a multi-millionaire. And he's having to go, that's his heart. That's what he loves. He called me last night. He said, hey, he said, I need you to go with me to a meeting this weekend. I'm flying back in from Omaha. He said, I need you to go to it with, a, with me to a meeting. He said, them three sanctuaries that's over on the left side of the property, I think it's about 8,000 square feet all together. He said, we got to go meet with him. He said, I want you to have that. I want to move him out of there. He said, I, I just want that to be your preschool, your daycare, whatever you want it to be. Let me tell you, God wants to give you the good of the kingdom. I love you. I'm sorry for going over my father. He's a good guy. just shout our way all the way out of the church service tonight anybody else's faith just on top of the mountain right now I got news for you Calvary Apostolic you ain't seen nothing yet I said you ain't seen nothing yet the same God that started the work is gonna finish what he started Woo! I'm so excited. I'm scheduled to preach there in just a few weeks. My God. I don't know if they're ready for it. We're liable to get ourselves in big trouble.
We got room for the whole church to come, he said. We'll make sure we announce that everybody that wants to come can come. Amen. Also, we're going to be celebrating their third anniversary, their three-year anniversary, the first Friday night of November. I think it's November 3rd. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be an incredible celebration. Put that on your calendar. Uh, I think my dear friend, Pastor uh, Joel Buxton, is going to be preaching that service. We're going to come and celebrate. Now listen, it's 832. Preach. Y'all want me to preach? <laughs> y'all ready? Will y'all be this excited 15 minutes in? Somebody said, I'm hoping you're about finished 15 minutes in. Let's get to work. Acts chapter 16. So I'm going to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me tonight. Just keep this, keep this same intensity. Actually, Acts chapter number 12. Amen. Acts chapter number 12. I want to begin reading at verse number 1. When you have it, somebody shout amen. It says, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. That's four groups of four soldiers, 16 soldiers, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, listen to this, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. There is in this text two scenarios that are unfolding simultaneously. If you were to put your finger there on verse number five, it says that prayer was made without ceasing of the church. But if you look over to verse number 12, you can see the continuity of the text because in verse 12, it says that when Peter had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Do you get the context of the scripture? What had happened is that King Herod had made a political decision to appease the appetite of the public by murdering James. And when he saw how excited the people were that James was killed, he decided to capture Peter 
And he said, if they were excited that I killed James, I wonder what kind of political clout I could gain if I execute Peter. And so now Peter is in the prison and all of James' siblings, his mother, his brother, they're all at James' mama's house having a prayer meeting praying for Peter. They, you got to understand they're in a prayer meeting scared for their very life because they feel like they're going to be next. They came for James, they got Peter, and next they're going to be coming after us. And so Peter is sitting in the prison when all of a sudden, verse 6 says, And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true that which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Peter didn't know if what was happening was real or if he was just having some sort of supernatural experience. Verse number 10 says, when they were past the first and the second ward, or the first and the second doors, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Verse number 12 brings us back into synchronization. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. What were they praying for? They were praying for Peter's deliverance. They were praying that he would be set free. They were praying that he would come back home. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were 
astonished. And for just a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach. Would somebody please open the door? Turn around, tell your neighbor. Tell a neighbor. Tell him, would you please? Would you pretty please? Would you please answer the door? Yeah. I feel my help in the building tonight. Somebody ought to put your Bibles down and clap your hands one more time and give God a great praise tonight. Woo. Come on, give God a praise. promise to preach with me you can be seated it is important to understand that I'm gonna give you the abbreviated version tonight <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to have you out of here before Waffle House closes some of y'all get that in about five minutes the Bible says that Peter had been captured and the King James Bible says that he was chained in between two soldiers. The fact of the matter is, is that if you study the text and other transliterations in the original text, it actually says in most of the transliterations, Brother JJ, that he was chained to the soldiers. He was chained to some men whose job was to make sure he stayed in the same place until they came to kill him. Could I preach for just a moment that you've got to be careful what kind of people you're connected to. Because some people's only motive uh, is to hold you still. Uh, oh, I see. I, I, I'm, I'm going to lose some people in the building because uh, there are some people that are only happy uh, if you're chained up in the same prison uh, that they're stuck in. Uh, if I'm angry, uh, then bless God, you're going to be angry. Uh, and if I'm bitter, uh, then bless God, you're going to be bitter. Has uh, anybody lived for God long enough to realize uh, you can't borrow? everybody else's trouble uh, and not everybody else's problem uh, has to be your problem uh, hey I got enough fights on my own with my own flesh uh, and the devil then to worry about your fights uh, you've got to be careful uh, that people don't keep you chained uh, in place uh, I wish I had a witness in the building They were holding him in place. And my problem here is it's, it's one thing to be chained up in a dysfunctional situation, but you're trying to get out. It's one thing to be stuck in a situation, but you're struggling and you're trying everything you can to get out. But my Bible tells me that Peter had fell asleep. He got so comfortable in the dysfunction that he was willing to sleep with the struggles that had him captivated. I came to tell somebody in the building, I 
came like an alarm tonight to wake you up uh, to realize God did not intend for you uh, to get comfortable in your dysfunction uh, and get comfortable in the place uh, that you're struggling in right now. Uh, you may be in between a rock and a hard place, uh, but I've got news for you this morning. Uh, you serve a God uh, who's able to bring you out uh, and he can bring you out on eagle's wings. Uh, he can bring you out in a heartbeat. I just need a witness in the building uh, that would testify uh, he can bring uh, you uh, out. And he's asleep. And the Bible says that all of the sudden an angel appears. And the scripture tells us that the angel shone a light. Yeah, I could preach all this tonight. And then the angel smote him on the side. Can I just put that in modern day vernacular? He smacked him. Could I, back, could I back it up a little bit? An angel is just a messenger. And in the book of Revelation, the Bible calls the pastors of the church the angel of the church. Sometimes what you need is not your pastor to come and comfort you. You need him to come and... I didn't say it. I, I, I didn't say it, Brother Moore. I, I didn't say it. I'm just talking about this, this story right here. That the angel came and he didn't. Peter... Wake up, honey bun. Peter. No, 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 no. This angel walked up. He, what's it, you know what I hate more than anything when I'm trying to sleep? Somebody just walk in and turn the lights on. This angel walked in, wham, flipped the lights on her and went, wake up, Peter. I'm in the book. And then he tells him, get up. I could preach because the light was revelation. The smack was motivation. And the get up was resurrection. Get up! And he was, he had been in that place so long, Brother Stewart, that it would have been, what most people would have said is, I can't get up. I got chains on my hands. I can't, don't you see what I'm dealing with? Can't you see my problems? Can't you see what I, no, 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 no. You know what happened? The Bible says that when he stood up, the chains fell off. I feel like preaching to somebody for a moment that when you obey, the command and the word of God, uh, the chains are going to fall off. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody uh, that's been waiting for the chains to break. Uh, you've been waiting for the chains to break. Uh, but God said, quit waiting uh, and get up. Because uh, when you start moving, uh, chains are going to start breaking. Uh, I hear uh, the sound of chains breaking in the building tonight. Uh, the sound of metal falling in the building tonight. I wish somebody would jump on your feet and throw your hands in the air and scream. The chains are broken. 
scream the chains are broken. They stood up and the chains fell. I don't know how many times he had tried to break the chain. I don't know how many times he tried rubbing the chain on the stone. I don't know how much effort he had put in to trying to break the chains. But when God speaks, it makes all the difference in the world. Nevertheless, at thy word, when God gives the command, when God gives, that's why I'm telling somebody, I don't care how many times you tried it before, when God says do it again, you better move in obedience to how many times it failed I don't care how many times your efforts didn't yield a result when God said move it's time to move don't you know God's got angels I said God got supernatural the chains fell I gotta get to my sermon the chains fell and the next thing he tells him is gird up your loins and get your sandals on. Woo! He had some of them Air Jordanians. You know, when when the angel said, gird yourself up and strap your shoes on, it is reminiscent of God speaking to Moses when he told the people, gird up your loins and get your shoes on. Why? Because joy is coming in the morning. And when the sun rises, you're about to get on up out of here. And when the door opens for your escape, I want you to be ready to bust a move. So he told him, get your sandals on and get your gird up your But the doors are locked. I don't care. Get ready to go. But the change, I don't care. Get your shoes on. You know what he was telling him? Change your posture. And I'm going to make a way of escape for you. I came to preach to somebody tonight. It's time to change your posture. Gird up yourself. Get your shoes on. Somebody better prepare themselves for a miracle tonight. There's somebody in the building. God said, get ready, get ready, get ready. You've got a miracle on the way. I've got an answer to your prayer that's on the way. I wish somebody would right now. In the Holy Ghost, get your shoes on. In the Holy Ghost, get yourself ready. Tonight's the night you've been waiting for. Tonight's the night you've been praying about. This is the service you've been believing, God. Get your shoes. Gird up yourself. Tell your neighbor, grab your shoes and come on. Ladies, tell your neighbor, grab your purse and come on. You know what he was telling them? Get ready to make a run for it. When the door opens, 
I don't want you to spend 60 extra seconds in this place. I wish I had somebody in the building that would just take off running and say, I'm not spending one more minute in this place of bondage. I'm not spending one more moment in this place. Come on. I'm ready for my deliverance. I'm ready for my promise. I'm ready for what God is about. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. I'm telling somebody. I'm telling the married couple, get ready. I'm telling some people, get ready. Your blessing is coming. Get ready. Your breakthrough is here. Get ready. Your healing's on the way. Get ready. Whoa. Hear the chains falling. The angel said, Follow me. And the scripture said that they came through the first quadrant or the first door. And I could just see the angel. Come on. And he comes through and they get to the second door and I can see the angel here we go but the Bible says that by the time they made it to the third door or the gate that led to the city they had so much momentum that when they got to the third gate it opened up all by itself came to preach to somebody uh, that there comes a point uh, in God's divine deliverance uh, that when you get in proximity uh, of your deliverance uh, the door has to open uh, when you show up uh, at the exit sign when you show up uh, at the exit sign uh, there's a sensor and the door said I got to open uh, can't stop them. I can't restrict them. I came to preach to somebody tonight. You're at the door and God's about to I just need some people to bow up tonight and start marching to the door. I'm on my I don't care how long you've been looking at that door closed. I pulled up at a store the other day and I parked at the back of the parking lot because I'm sick and tired of people messing up my doors. Lord have mercy. And when I got out of the car, I looked from the back of the parking lot, Brother Daniel, all the way up to the doors, and they were closed. And I kept walking, and the doors stay closed. And I kept walking, and the doors stay closed. 
Brother Collins, it could get discouraging. Three quarters of the way there, the door still ain't open. I'm almost at my destination, and the door is still closed. But there came a certain point. There was a certain threshold that I couldn't even see with my naked eye. And when I stepped over that threshold, uh, there was some connection uh, between my position uh, and the door uh, that told the door, uh, you might have been locked the past 30 minutes, uh, but you got to open right now. Uh, I came to tell somebody, uh, don't you dare get discouraged. Uh, don't you dare turn around. Uh, don't you dare back up. Uh, you're almost there. Uh, I said you're almost there. Uh, just a little bit more praying just a little more fasting just a little more worship and the door is about to open I wish somebody would throw your hand in the air and let hell know I'm coming for my stuff I'm coming for my breakthrough I'm coming for my blessing I'm coming for That closed door doesn't mean anything right now. It's going to open when it needs to be open. All God wants to make sure you do is get ready to walk through it. Be ready when it opens up. Be ready to make the move. Be ready to take the step. Be ready to move on. Come on, I wish I had a witness. In the suddenly, immediately, straightway, right now, all of this. And when he gets through that third gate, the Bible says that the angel departs from him. No more angels walking with him. No more divine presence. And he starts reflecting on what just happened. I came through that door. And I came through that door. And you want to know what he commented? He didn't say anything about the physical doors. Here's what he said. In verse number 11, it says, And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety, listen, that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the gates. No, listen, out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. He delivered me from the hand of the enemy and from the consensus of my haters. Who am I preaching to in the building? If you'll just keep on walking with God, if you'll just keep on following God, God's going to open the door and deliver you from the enemy and deliver you from the haters. And I wish I had a witness in the building. God will do a jailbreak in front of all the people that doubted you. 
God will deliver you. One writer said he'll set before me a table in the presence of my enemies. God will feed you in the middle of everybody that opposed you. God will lay out a feast and let your enemy watch you eat. I came to preach. He'll bring you out from your enemy. And So, I have to give you all the short version. It comes, the Bible says that while he's thinking on these things, I, I just, that was my introduction. Now I'm to my sermon. For real though, my sermon's shorter than the introduction. The Bible says that while he's thinking about these things, that he comes to the house of Mary where they've been in a prayer meeting. They've been fasting and in constant prayer for Peter. And while they were praying behind closed doors, they had no idea what God was doing in the jail cell. While they were waking up every day calling on Peter's name, they had no clue that the supernatural was taking place, that angels had descended into the jailhouse, that lights were shining and chains were breaking and doors were saying, can I preach to somebody? You might be praying, but just because you don't see what's happening doesn't mean that God's not answering your prayer. Just because you don't see what's happening in the supernatural, I came to preach to somebody uh, that while you've been praying uh, God's been working while you've been praying uh, God has been moving on your behalf uh, while you've been praying uh, God's been moving angels uh, while you've been praying don't stop praying uh, don't stop believing God uh, I wish I had a believer in the building So Peter shows up. <laughs> and Peter, the angel opened one door. Angel opened two doors. God opens a third door, but the fourth door is closed. So you got to be observant. The fourth door is closed. And the angel ain't opening it. And God ain't making it open on itself. But Peter's got to knock on this door. God will always remind you that it's God working with you. And so Peter walks up to the door and starts. Pause. Now there's another scene unfolding on the other side of the door. On the other side of the door, there are a group of people that for days, maybe weeks, possibly even months, had been praying and asking God, please deliver Peter. Please bring Peter out. Please bring Peter home. They've been praying 
and praying and praying when all of a sudden there's a knock at the door I don't know what was happening I don't know if they were all in the den praying but a sister girl by the name of Rhoda heard the knock at the door now I don't know what it looked like I, I just used my imagination but I could just see them in there praying and Rhoda's pacing back Lord Lord mm, I've been praying for my brother Peter and Lord he ain't here yet but mm, God I know you're still faithful so I'm gonna pray one more time that God you would make a way where there was no way your wheel in the middle of the wheel you're my ever-present help in a time of trouble you're a way maker you're a heavy burden bearer I don't know what her prayer was but that's how I hear it in my mind and then maybe in the middle of her prayer no I'm not tired yet no I'm not tired yet I've been praying for Peter a long time I'm not tired yet I've been praying for Peter a long time I'm not tired yet I've been praying for Peter a long time I'm not tired hey I've been praying for Peter a long time I'm not no I'm not tired yet I think that's how it went. Rhoda, here's the knock at the door. Now you got to remember, they were in hiding. They were praying on the DL. Herod had already killed James, killed Peter. Now they're all hiding at Mama's house. In their mind, a knock at the door could be any moment they come to take us away. And so Rhoda comes to the door. <clears throat> Who is it? Hey, is that you, Rhoda? Who is it? That is you, Rhoda. It's Peter. Come again. Rhoda, quit playing. It's Peter. Let me in. And the Bible says, read it she knew it was him and she got so excited she said ah, it's Peter 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 hey hey it's Peter hey hey it's Peter hey hey it's Peter it's Peter you think I'm being dramatic, but the Bible says they thought she was mad. One transliteration said they thought she was crazy. Another transliteration said they thought she had lost her mind. It's Peter. And the Bible says they did not believe her. How many times do we pray for something? But we're in a place that when God answers, we don't even recognize the answer came.
was connected to people who knew how to pray for a miracle but didn't have the faith to possess it. You want to know what the name Rhoda means? It means roses and that has nothing to do with the text. I don't even know what it is. It doesn't even have anything to do with the preaching. But I did look it up. That's her name. said it's Peter it's Peter no it ain't Peter no I know it's Peter you know what Rhoda should have done her answer was on the other side of the door but she was consulting with voices that did not understand and could not contextualize. Come on, how to receive the answer. We focus so much on the faith to pray for something that we miss the faith it takes to receive the answer when it shows up. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. It's not that your God isn't answering your prayer. It's that your prayer is standing at the door. That ain't Peter. Now quit bugging us. Lord, please let Peter. No, 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 I'm telling you. Stop it, bro. We got to keep on praying. How many times? I wonder how many answered prayers are sitting on the other side of a door in this place. I preached all that to preach this. I'm almost done. There are some times that when God answers prayers, he said, I opened the first door. I opened the second door. I supernaturally made the third door open but this final door you're going to have to put your hands on it <laughs> I want us to stand all over the place because I'm preaching to some people tonight you can smell it there's something on the inside of you that can sense it tonight. That the answer to your prayers is just on the other side of a door that you've been standing in front of. Come on, I need somebody in the building tonight that knows what I'm talking about. You've been praying about some stuff. You've been asking God for some things. God sent me here tonight to tell you, would somebody please go open the door what you've been praying for is standing on your front porch what you've been praying for has already made its arrival what you've been praying for is within your reach it's within your I know you don't see it because God wants you to open the door I know you don't see it because God wants you to respond God come on come on somebody lift your hands I hear it in the Holy Ghost. I hear a knocking in the Holy Ghost. I hear a knocking at the door in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's got to break forth out of your prayer meeting tonight and go after what God sent to you and chase after what God brought to you. Here it is. Come on, throw your hands in the air. It's here right now. Come on, it's here right now. It's here right now. It's here. 
walk to the entrance. You gotta put your hand on it. You gotta initiate the turn. You gotta push the door open. Come on. God brought it all the way. Somebody open the door. Come on, somebody open the door tonight. Your answer is here. Your answer is here. Your miracle is here.